week we looked at the fact that it was the written stone. We looked at the Ten Commandments and that God wrote his word in stone and talked about broken promises and how all of us have broken promises in our lives. And often we have broken promises with God and praise God we put our faith in the one who kept his promise. He is our promise keeper and we can put our faith in him. It was interesting, you know, this is a, Pastor Mike was joking with me because I've been using this term a bit. And we're not working. Good thing that Pastor Mike's there. He can, uh, he's dangling the thing there. <coughs> Should, and what it does is two different things. <laughs> oh, all the modern technology. Pastor Mike will push it ahead for me. Um, so, so one of these terms that we've heard a lot is, uh, no, that's not it. It should be the ghosting one. There we go. Ghosting. Have you ever been ghosted? And so that's, a, it's not a brand new term. It's been around, but I've been using it lately. And so Pastor Mike's been joking with me because I keep saying I was ghosted. He would say never. Well, ghosting is the practice when all of a sudden somebody ends all communications with you, you know? Like, like you're in today, we've got a lot of technology, and so you've picked up the phone and left messages, you've got on there and you've sent the messages, you've been on Messenger and you've sent a message, and it's like you no longer exist. They just drop you off the face of the earth. That's ghosting. So here's a new term for some of you who haven't used it yet. Uh, but why do we not like ghosting? Well, we hate this term ghosting because ultimately it is the ultimate rejection. We hate rejection. We don't like to be rejected. None of us want to be rejected. Next slide. Unfortunately, rejection is a part of being human. It's part of our human condition. We have all faced rejection at one time or another, and many of us fear rejection. We want people to like us. We want people to be happy around us, and so we don't like rejection. So we'll do everything we can, some of us, to fit in, to make sure we don't stand out. Now, there are a few people who love to stand out. I remember in my day, it was the one who liked to wear the mohawk. Remember the mohawks when they were around? Those are the kids who like to stand out, go counterculture. But as a whole, usually, we don't like to stand out. We like to blend in. And so today, we're looking at this term, rejection, and that Jesus talks about this rejected stone in our passage. Next slide. The parable of the wicked tenants. You heard that parable today. Thank you, Scott, for reading that. For us, found there in Matthew, chapter 21, 33 to 44, if you want to open your Bibles. It's now Jesus' final week. Chapter 21, verses 33 to 44. And so now he is already in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is thick with crowds of people around because they're all there now for the Passover. And so Jesus has entered in Jerusalem, but guess who's also there? His opponents, his critics are already there waiting for him. And you'll see now, not this nice little conversation, but you're now beginning to see that it's conflict that is happening And in the end, that conflict will end with his condemnation and even death. And so this parable, unlike some of the other parables, are really written to his opponents 
Actually, the verse following says that they understood that Jesus was speaking about them. And so they're looking for, right, this, this, what is he saying? And so he tells this familiar story. See, the fact of this story would have been very, very common in Jesus' day because many owners of the land, because there was so much fighting going on and because the Romans had come in and the, in Palestine, many owners left. They just vacated. They left. They didn't want to be around that. But the one thing they did do was rent their land, and they wanted to make sure that they got the rent. Now, often the rent could be paid in money, but it also could be paid in a portion of the harvest. And so this was a familiar story for those that were listening. For us in an agricultural town, yes, it's a familiar story as well. The other thing that happened, because things were so volatile in that day was it was known that many people, uh, there was a lot of unrest, uh, people would start, start doing criminal activities like they had never done before. And so for the fact that the landowner sends his messengers and they kill or beat up the messengers, uh, actually beat up the messengers, and then he actually sends his heir, the son, and they actually beat him up and kill him, is something that they probably would have thought was quite believable in the day. We can easily see in this parable that the vineyard owner is God. And the vineyard is itself Israel. Actually a vine in the vineyard was something that was used quite a bit in Old Testament to tell us about Israel. It was a symbol that they used. So they knew that Israel was this vineyard. And so these tenants and these farmers we know are Israel's officials that, who are the opponents now of Jesus. And the servants or the slaves or the messengers are the prophets who God had sent before to warn them. And we know without a shadow of a doubt that the son that is now beaten and killed is Jesus himself. And so it shows us too that Jesus knew exactly what was about to happen. This isn't a surprise for him what is coming in his way. He will be rejected and killed. Next slide. Our emphasis today is this verse and the verse following talking about stones. And actually Jesus himself is referring to Psalm. He's referring to Psalm 118.22. He's quoting it. The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. We know and we often read it on Good Friday, but today we're reading it early <laughs> Isaiah 53, 3 tells us what? He was despised and rejected by mankind. A man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised. And we held him in low esteem. Jesus was despised and rejected. Next slide. Jesus, my friend and friends, is the model that we now as his followers are to follow. We live in a day where people want to be popular. We live in a day when people want the platform or want to be on, on television or on online. They want people to think, and we live in a day where we think because I'm a Christian, then that means I must be popular. 
I, I must be the ones, you know. We think that churches that are in the center of God's will are where there's thousands who gather, that that's what makes it right, that they're all popular. It's a popular speaker, a popular preacher, a popular church. Jesus didn't seek popularity. Definitely not. Jesus stayed true to his God-given purpose. He never ran away from it when it got difficult and hard. Even he stood for the truth, even when it meant he would be rejected. When he faced all kinds of threats. And even when they killed him. Jesus stayed true. My friends today... If we think that our role as the church of Jesus Christ is for people to think well of us, we've missed it. Now hear me right. We want to live our lives in such a way of godly character and integrity that we are a good example of the kingdom of God. We are a good example of Christ. That, that's not what we're talking here. But if we think that we're going to go around and we're going to be popular because we've decided to put Christ first in our lives then I think we are mistaken, even in this day. See, there's, in, in our day, there's such an obsession with self, uh, everybody wanting their ego stroked. And, and I'll tell you one thing, uh, I found out soon in ministry, that's not where you go if you want your ego stroked. You don't sign up to be a pastor or a minister, because the opposite is true. But I think we're living in a day where just the fact, it's not just about ministers and clergy, I think we're living in a day just because you believe in Jesus Christ and you uh, show yourself and you get in a car and you leave and you drive into a parking lot on Sundays and you come into a place of worship, people will reject you for that. They'll think you're crazy. They'll think it's old traditions. They'll call it all kinds of things. And so rejection, my friends, is part of of following Jesus. We don't follow popular opinion. God help us if we try to. Because popular opinions change like the wind. And it's like chasing the wind. <laughs> we would find ourselves if we're looking for popularity. A sad example of seeking popularity was found actually in the Gospel of John in chapter 12, 42 to 43, and this is what it says. Many even among the leaders believed in Jesus. Did you hear that? These very leaders that are coming forth as his opponents were actually told in John's gospel that many believed in Jesus. But because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith for fear they would be put out of the synagogue. The fear, fears of rejection. You know this phrase. For they loved human praise more than the praise from God. They loved human praise more than the praise from God. Next slide. And so again, not the most popular message. <laughs> That's the whole point. It's the truth. I had to learn this lesson hard myself as a new believer and then... As a pastor, rejection, my friends, is to be expected. Say that to someone close to you there. Rejection is to be expected. 
He's even hard for us to say it in a minute. If we follow Jesus, we can expect rejection. I love, I love, I didn't have this part of my message, but I was just reminded by that story of Wesley. Wesley, it, Wesley was a great person who's seen and helped usher in with others a great revival. Many souls came to the Lord through John Wesley and the Wesley brothers and some of the great hymns we sing, Charles Wesley. But I want to tell you something that John Wesley knew that when he was out doing God's work, he was going to be persecuted. And actually, John Wesley got to a place that he thought he had fallen out of the will of God when he wasn't facing rejection. Because he knew that if I'm doing what God wants me to do, people are going to reject it. And so I want to challenge you today. Jesus said, and this was part of the Beatitudes, blessed are you. And he says, blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Oh, we don't feel blessed, Lord. Because blessed is about popularity. No, it's not. It's not about being popular. It's not about making a name for yourself. It's about you also being obedient to the assignment that God has given you. People may love us and even like us. But I want to tell you, there are times where people will even hate us. They might not even know us. I have found that out. They might not even know me, but they will hate me for who I represent. Pastor Mike and I had an experience. We were in the south of Italy and, and uh, visiting his parents' hometown for the first time. And it was so great to be there. And we were walking down a sidewalk and this older gentleman came and said, Who's your father? By the way, they do that also in Italy. And we explained it, and he said, oh, but we're Paisan, we're cousins, distant cousins. This is wonderful. And oh, you're back in the hometown, and how's your parents, and blah, blah, blah. And so then the next question is, so what do you do? And we shared that we were evangelical pastors. Well, he literally didn't say another word to us. He tipped his hat, and he went over to the other side of the road and walked away as if we didn't exist. Oh, we've seen rejection because of Christ. And I want to tell you today, praise God that my value is not found in the opinions and popularity of men. My value is found in Him. And we do what we do because of Him. And in Christ, we don't fear people's rejection. If God is for me, who can be against me? Now, we don't go out to be rude and obnoxious. <laughs> And people reject us because we're, we just think that somehow that's more spiritual. As we said already, we do our best to represent Christ well. But knowing in that, especially for our young people in high school and those, what they go through in school, we must know that rejection is a part of following Jesus. Next slide. And so we see this passage that says that the stone the builders rejected has, yes, it was rejected, but it has come, become the chief cornerstone. Actually, the original language cornerstone and capstone are, can be interpreted here because the original language says the head of the corner. And so the truth of it is Jesus is both. Some translations will say capstone, some translations will say cornerstone. 
But as a cornerstone, a cornerstone was indispensable. See, they would stone, of course, their buildings were made all of stone. And that chief cornerstone, basically what Jesus is saying, what the builders threw aside and said is not worthy, God has taken now and it has become the first stone that is placed in the building. And it is placed in the building in a way that once you get that stone right, all the other corners are put into place and then that's where the stonemasons would take their line, and as they built the line, the walls would be straight because of that chief cornerstone. And so it was indispensable and foundational to the building. Pull that stone out, and everything crumbles. Everything collapses. Jesus, my friend, friends, is the one who holds everything together. Jesus is the one who brings stability to the whole system of salvation. We build our ministry as a church of Jesus Christ on Christ alone. He is the chief cornerstone. Anything else, personalities, popularity, it will come crumbling and fall apart. And I've seen it happen even in my lifetime. Given a decade or two, those who build on popularity, it will not last. It all begins to crumble. Isaiah 28, 16 says, Therefore this says the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion a capstone for a foundation, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. This slide here shows the capstone. And also what is being said here, if we look at that word capstone, is that which was rejected is now vindicated. That which was seen worthless is now put in the exalted highest place. See, that capstone was when they were building those arches, it would all crumble until you put that capstone in. And it was the capstone that held it all together. And it was the capstone that had the highest position and the exalted position. Often in some places, and even in Europe still today, you can see it. They would put insignia on it, something special on it. And so Jesus is saying, that which was rejected has now been vindicated by God and is highly exalted. And I am the one who holds it all together. The truth of it is, as you look at the capstone, apparently the weight and the pressure of all that arch is now in on that one stone. And I want to tell you today, it is a sure stone. It is a stone that won't crumble. It is a stone that can take our pressures of life, and he will continue to hold it all together. Praise God. And so we see in this parable that the stone and the sun is the same person. Of course, Jesus often in his parables gave warnings. Next slide. Verse 44, the end of our passage we read today. Anyone who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces. Anyone whom it falls will be crushed. Here Jesus is referring to a familiar passage in Daniel chapter 2. Next slide. Daniel chapter 2. Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, a very troubling dream, and he, he didn't want just it to be interpreted. He wanted someone to come in, a wise man, to tell him what his dream was and to interpret it. And so Daniel chapter 2 tells him his dream, because that's God, and interprets the dream. There was a head of gold, 
chest and arms of silver, belly and thighs of bronze, and legs of iron, feet of iron and clay. And in that vision was this rock. This rock came and smashed the feet of the statue, and the statue fell and crumbled into pieces, and that stone became a great mountain. See, what that passage is and what Jesus is saying at the end here, this is about God's kingdom versus the kingdoms of men. That God's kingdom will come and it will reign and the kingdoms of this world will fall apart and they will shatter and they will tremble when the stone, the rock, comes. Next stone, next slide. What is Jesus saying here? Jesus knows that he came for these very ones. These very ones who became his opponents, who became his critics. He came for them, and yet he has been rejected. And will suffer the ultimate rejection when they condemn him and even see him crucified. See, when is Jesus a stumbling block? Jesus is a stumbling block when you reject him. That's how he becomes a stumbling block, is that he is the stone, the rock of our salvation that God has set apart and has brought to usher in his kingdom. And when you decide to reject him, then that very stone becomes not your cornerstone, but it actually becomes a stumbling block and life becomes crushed out of you, and you are separated from God for eternity. You know, we often talk about heaven and hell. And I think this is an important statement, because I've had people say to me, Pastor, I'm a good person. Why would God send me to hell? You know, hell is only for sinners, and hell is for the rebellious and the bad people. Well, you're mistaken, because we're all sinners, saved by grace. And we all deserve hell. <laughs> but what I say to people is God doesn't send anyone to hell. Hell was not made for humanity. Hell was made for the demons and the, de and the devil. God desires that none should perish. God doesn't want any to go to hell. Who sends a person to hell? We send ourselves by rejecting the very gift that God has given us. Jesus. We reject Jesus. And that stone, which was a chief cornerstone and highly exalted, now becomes a stumbling stone, and we fall. This next passage makes this very clear. A lot of us love John 3.16, but we don't go on to read John 3.17 and 18. And it says it very clear here. I'm standing on God's truth and word when I made the statement that I made. Because this is what is said. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. That's acceptance. But anyone who does not believe in him, rejection, has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. Rejection is the sure way when we reject him. That we see it becoming a stumbling stone. Something that we trip over. 
and something that will eventually crush us. Pastor Mike, if you want to do the next slide. There is a story of, uh, of something that I found quite interesting in the old, old west. And as the Old West was being settled, pioneers flocked across the country of the USA to California and Oregon, and we've seen a lot of the old country and western movies about it. And in one particular spot on the eastern slopes of the Rockies, there was a large boulder rock in the middle of the trail. And for years, people kept tripping over that rock. They broke wagon wheels on it. And so eventually, <clears throat> someone got wise and he said, I'm tired of seeing people tripping over this. I'm going to go and dig up this odd stone and make that straight. And so he took that stone and he threw it in a stream, a nearby stream. That stream wasn't crossable. And so a lot of people used that rock as a stepping stone. They literally stepped on it and that's how they got across the stream. There was a guy that eventually, though everything built up around there, and eventually he decided he wanted to put his cabin and he built an old cabin right there <clears throat> next to the stream. And he found that rock in the stream and he decided that would be a good doorstop. And so for years it was in the front of his cabin and it was used as a doorstop in his little cabin. His grandson went east to study geology. One day he came back to his grandfather's cabin and he decided to examine that old lump of a stone, that doorstop that had been there for generations. And it was interesting that as he came to look at that stone, they realized that it was the largest, this is a true story, it was the largest pure gold nugget ever discovered on the eastern slopes of the Rockies. It had been there for three generations holding open the door. <laughs> and to others it was seen as a stepping stone and to others just a heavy rock. But only the grandson saw it for what it really and truly was. My friends, Jesus is that precious rock. He has been given to us both as the cornerstone and the capstone of our faith. And we are even told to build our house upon the rock. Is the rock what you stand on today? Will you build your life upon him and faith in him? Some will see Jesus as just a stepping stone. And unfortunately for some, it is a rock that will cause them to stumble. But the rock is the rock. And ultimately, it's about our choice, our choice of what we do with this rock. And so as I bring this to a close today, there was a G. Campbell Morgan in 1888 who traveled all the way east to be able to go to uh, school to prepare for ministry. And he went there and he had saved up money for the trip and the family were praying and he went there to apply to Bible school. And, and, and so at one point, uh, all of a sudden, they got a telegraph. I know some of you don't remember telegraphs. I actually remember telegraphs. I've seen them as a child in Newfoundland. That was because a lot of people didn't have phones back in those days. And so they sent a telegraph. He sent a telegraph home to his family because they were all praying and waiting. And the one word that came back on the telegraph was rejected. Rejected. He was so, so discouraged. And he uh, wrote at that time in his journal, 
Oh, very dark, everything seems. Still, he knoweth best. He was so discouraged. And then all of a sudden, the telegraph came back to him with these words, rejected on earth, accepted in heaven, love death. I thought, what a statement. Rejected on earth, but accepted in heaven. Hallelujah. That gets me excited. Rejected on earth, but accepted in heaven. I can't challenge you enough to realize that rejection is part of our faith. Rejection was a part of Jesus' faith. And if we call ourselves followers of Jesus, well, blessed are you too when you are despised and rejected. Just listen to the truth of what Jesus went through for us. When Joseph and Mary were very pregnant, they went to Bethlehem and there was no room for them. Herod sent his soldiers to kill all the children under the age of two trying to kill Jesus. When Jesus turned up into his hometown, the ones who knew him best, they wanted to also kill him. His own half-brothers thought he had gone mad, and they tried to take him away. They rejected, at that point, his claims of being the Messiah. The religious leaders, as we see in our passage, rejected him as fraud, a deceiver, a blasphemer. And so they decided it was okay to plot to kill him. One of his disciples, Judas, betrayed him the ultimate rejection... And the other uh, friend, uh, Peter, denied knowing him three times. And the truth of it is, at his darkest hour, they all deserted him. When Pilate offered the crowds a choice of freeing a criminal, Barabbas, versus freeing Jesus, who he even knew was innocent, the people chose Barabbas and rejected Jesus. The soldiers mocked Jesus' claim of being a king and a prophet, and they spat on him, and they punched him, and they asked him to prophesy who hit him. And then they made this crown of thorns and pushed it in on his head. Jesus was crucified on a cross, the most cruel way to die. And while he was there in agony, did he receive compassion at least from his own? No, we are told that even in his suffering, they spat at him and mocked him. And then worst of all, as Jesus hung on the cross, despised and rejected by men, he too was forsaken by God. God in that moment had to look away as he carried the sins of the world upon himself. And Jesus' last words are the words of all of humanity who have felt it in one time or another when Jesus said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Next slide. So I want to tell you today, I don't like rejection. I'm not looking for it around the next corner. But if you are truly a follower of Jesus, don't be surprised when it comes. You will be hated by everyone because of my name, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. Maybe you're going through a lot today. And I want to encourage you that you can put your full weight 
of your problems and your issues and your worries on Jesus. He can take the pressure. <laughs> He's taken it for all these years and will continue to take it until he comes. Why would Jesus do this? Why would he leave his throne in heaven where he was worshipped and obeyed and honored and exalted and come to earth where he was hated, mocked, despised, and rejected? Why? Our next slide. Jesus was rejected so you can be accepted. Oh, rejected on earth. But praise God, accept it in heaven. Worship team is going to come. As we sing this closing song, Cornerstone, you have received stones today. We have done this and will continue to do this. And not everybody needs to respond every week. We leave that between you and him. But I want to say to you today, maybe you have said, Pastor, I have been rejected for my faith. I've been rejected with my group of friends. I've been rejected at school. I've been rejected at work. I've been rejected by even family members. Yeah. And it's hard. Put that on him today. Let him carry that for you. Some of you today might drop that stone at the cross to say, you know what? Jesus is my foundation. This is where I build my faith. He is my chief and cornerstone. Maybe some of you need to say this is in our marriage, Jesus. In our relationship, in our family, this is the foundation where we build our faith. Some of you today would say Jesus is my capstone. He is high and exalted in my life. I want him to be high and exalted. And like I said to him, I don't know what you're going through, but we just heard 54% of Canadians have said that they are struggling with mental illness at this moment. One in four visits right now at Emerge here on the island is a mental health issue. And I want to say to you, the only thing that gets me through this is he's my chief capstone and he can take the weight of it and the pressure of it. I don't know what you're feeling or what you're going through, but he wants to be your capstone. And some of you would say today by placing the stone, hallelujah, I'm no longer going to reject Jesus. I don't want him to be a stumbling stone. I don't want him to crush me and crush my life at the end. I believe today that he is indeed my cornerstone, my rock, my faith. Lord, we just pray now in this house that's been given your name, built to your glory, that we can just be your children, honest before you today. There is no shame in this place, only love and acceptance. We bring shame on ourselves by rejecting everything you have for us. And so in the comfort now of the presence of your Holy Spirit here, Take this time and help us to respond as you would see fit, we pray. Yes. In Jesus' name.